Talk Radio 96.7. Look out. That roadside up ahead says you're about to enter the Ozone. The Ozone tonight with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. They turn scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. We're just taking names and kicking posteriors, so give us a call. 682-1430. That's 682-1430. We're talking sports, and we'd love to hear what you've got to say. So give us a call if you're technologically inclined. You can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Coach Joe, NFL training camps are open, and already Joe Burrow has been injured. The Dolphins, um, Ramsey has been hurt. I mean, oh, man, hate to see all that happen already. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson also uh, got hurt for the Lions, although it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, Burrow has a calf injury. I think he'll be okay. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's a little bit more worrisome. Um, The latest – Update on him was it's some sort of a meniscus injury that may require surgery. It's might be one of those six to eight week kind of injuries, so he could miss the beginning of the season. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, uh, well, uh, big news out of the Big Twelve, soon to be the Big Thirteen. They've got Colorado coming in, and the Pac twelve just seems to be falling apart. Okay, so I, I tried to do this off the top of my head because this is a breaking story here. I wrote down who's <laughs> currently in the Pac-12, and uh, I got 12 teams exactly, and three of them now are going to be gone next year. Yeah. The USC, UCLA, we know they're going to the Big Ten, and Colorado now has been announced that they're going to the Big 12, which is something that's been rumored for a while and denied a, a hundred times by the Pac-12 <laughs> uh, heads who are saying that, you know, they were talking about – as the Pac-12 meetings got started about how they're how they got a big TV contract coming, but now they're down to nine teams, and uh, possibly you know the Big 12 will have an odd number of teams once they take Colorado, so they're going to need probably one more. And you think they're going to go back to the Big 12 to get it, or well, the Pac-12 to get it? Well, they could, and the speculation has been that you know they might go after Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. If they do that, then you got 16 teams and you got a nice scheduling number. And if I'm Arizona, if somebody's offering me an opportunity, I'm leaving because I think them, Washington State, and uh, Oregon State are going to be very vulnerable. They're not all that desirable in terms of geography. You know, if they get an opportunity, I think those teams should leave. There's a lot of talk about uh, wanting to get one more team from out west to the Big Ten. I kept hearing that, like it was going to be Oregon or even Washington. Uh, But the Pac-12 kept saying, no, we're fine, we're fine. But they're not. They're not fine. In San Diego State, they thought maybe would be a new Pac-12 team. That's not going to happen. They've got no TV contract out there. Yeah, and I'm not sure they're going to get a good one now with down to nine teams. Uh, Let me ask you this. It seems, you know, one of the problems is that their games are so late that you lose those East Coast viewers, and 60% of the population lives east of the Mississippi. Now, let me ask you this. Why don't they play some noon games, which would be a 3 o'clock start in the east, or, I mean, playing a 9 o'clock game to get in the noon window, that, that that's crazy. I don't think you're going to get any fans there. But, yeah. Or even a, a 4 o'clock game. 
Yeah, there's really no reason for them to have to play night games out west because they, they do start late over here in the East Coast. They should lean into the time difference, and they could actually get a really huge audience. It seems like, to me, that's how they used to do it. You know, you have the USC games that always start around 4 o'clock, uh, and they were on national TV all the time. And uh, UCLA would do the same thing. And in a lot of these places on the north end of the conference, it's pretty cold anyway, so you really don't want to be playing at night. So, yeah. you, 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 like you said, they could have a 7 o'clock prime time in the east start, uh, for the, which would be a 4 o'clock start for them, which is perfect. I don't know why. I mean, most of the SEC games, the big games, started, what, 3.30? Yeah. I don't, yeah, they should do the same. Lean into it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. But Maybe it, too late now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be too late now because the Big 12 did something really smart. They jumped in and they took a contract. And they got a good contract. I mean, it's not SEC Big Ten money, but they're in the clubhouse. They're the leader in the clubhouse, and the Pac-12's out there still out on the course. Right, and it doesn't look like they're going to finish before it gets dark. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. So, well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Franz Beard with us. Franz, of course, writes for Gator Bait. He's been around a long time, and he knows a lot about college football. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Billy Napier with Florida Football. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. Hey, we're talking sports in the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. And with us on the phone is Franz Beard. We're going to have him in just a second. And uh, Franz, of course, writes for Gatorbait, gatorbait.com. And uh, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, Franz. Good morning. Good evening. It's been a while since I've been on with you, Ronnie. You know, the last time. Yeah, the last time you were here, you were in studio when the Gator Knots were signing with the Gators. Yeah, we've been, had a couple phone calls before, but I was actually in the studio with, uh, let's see, Ahmad uh, Black, Chris Rainey, uh, the Pouncey Twins, Steve Wilkes, and um, uh, Wilson. Uh, Paul Wilson. Paul Wilson, yeah. Wow, what a memory you've got. My goodness. Well, we're yeah, getting – go ahead. Those, those, those were good times for the Gators, i got to tell you. No doubt. Well, Franz, it's getting close. The Gators are going to report Monday. And um, Graham Mertz seems to be the big topic of discussion. Tell us about Graham Mertz. What can we expect out of him? Is he as bad as everybody's saying, or is there hope for the Gators? Uh, Graham Mertz is going to be very, very good, Ronnie. Um, He's he's gotten a bad rap. The guy's got, you know, the guy's got 32 starts in in his career. Uh, in the Big Ten, 32 power five starts. And Urban Meyer even said that, that Paul Chris says he was in a bad offense for his talent. I think he's going to be the surprise guy. But here's the thing. He doesn't have to come here and be a superstar and try to win ball games. His job is going to be to come here to Gainesville, get the ball, get them in the right play, get the ball in the hands of Montrell Johnson, Trevor Etienne, and when they hit back to the box, Ricky Pearsall. That's the job. 
Uh, he's not going to be bad. He, but again, he doesn't have to be great. He just has to be good at what he does. Franz, the Gators only returned four starters on offense. Give us somebody that you think might be a surprise that's going to step up and everybody's going to say, wow, who's that guy on offense? Well, I'll tell you one, and that's a guy named Micah Mazuka. He is a transfer from Baylor. And I got to tell you what, the the folks at um, Pro Football Focus think he's one of the best guards in the country. He's a guy that's got a lot of starts under his belt. He's uh, 6'5", 337. Rob Sale, who's Florida's offensive line coach. And Florida's got a terrific offensive line group. Uh, Cole Kubelik says that Florida's offensive line will be one of the four best in the SEC. Wow. And here's the thing about about Mazuka. Rob Sale says he looks like he just came, came out of a bar and won the fight. <laughs> Oh, it's our guest tonight. That's a good one. Our guest tonight, Franz Beard of guys like that. Yeah, of GatorBaitMedia.com, uh, 682-1430, 682-1430, to join us in the conversation. We're talking about the Gators a little bit. Uh, Franz Coach Joe here. Hey, um, you, you know, it's kind of uh, the thing now to pick doom and gloom for the Gators. We've had some guests on the last couple of weeks, you know, including uh, – uh, Phil Steele, including uh, Lindy, yeah, they're they're really pessimistic and talking about you know how we better have a great recruiting class or or Billy Napier's in trouble. I'm more optimistic, but I also like to be realistic. Uh, speak to my optimistic side and tell me um, why everything is right on track. Well, well, I'll start with one basic thing. You know, Billy Napier is not in trouble and not on anybody's hot seat period. That is not going to happen. That is media guys, media guys who have no clue, who've never spent the time here, who've never talked to Scott Strickland, who've never talked to everybody around it. They know what Billy Napier does. They know how he builds a program. Florida's recruiting class right now is ranked number three by everybody, except for, well, ESPN has them at number two. They're bringing in the players there's a really good chance they're going to flip Jeremiah Smith this weekend. You know who he is, don't you? One of those Miami he's wide up. receivers? No, he Jeremiah Smith is committed to Ohio State. He's like the number two or three player in the country. They, they, uh, Ohio State would be really mad if we, if we flipped him. Are you sure about that? That would be amazing. <laughs> he's from Jacksonville. Yeah, he's probably I, – I said four months ago he was going to flip, and he's – He's making an official visit to Florida this weekend. Who's now, that, who's that guy really, we got from FSU really a couple weeks ago? Ohio State, are you and you're committed to Ohio State? Are you are you making an official visit someplace else? Yeah, you know what? If I remember right, uh, I think reading about that, he was. He 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 was committed to Ohio State, but he did seem to be softening. Do you think he's just shopping around, or do you think he, uh, there's something? Uh, is there any I think sort he's of coming insight? to Florida? I think he's coming to Florida because I'll tell you who else is going to be here this weekend while he's here. DJ Lagway. All right. Oh, okay. So, so Lagway's looking like one of our best recruiters. 
Lagway Lagway is turning out to be a beast of a recruiter. I'm telling you that the the guy really knows what he's doing here. But Jeremiah says, excuse me, not from, I I was saying Jacksonville, and I apologize that he's, my my bad, my brain went dead for a second. He's from, he's from Hollywood, Florida. He's a Broward County kid. Uh, Even better. uh, (laughs) Is that Chaminade, might be a Chaminade Catholic down there. Uh, or they changed the name. They they merged with uh, another school down there. But yeah, but he, he's a five star guy. He he's considered like the the number two or three recruit in the entire country. And you know he's six three, two hundred pounds, and he glides. He doesn't run. He glides. And uh, I can tell you what. This is what happens when you hire Billy Gonzalez as your wide receivers coach. Florida's wide receivers are going to be studs this year. Now, everybody has everybody has had been writing them off and saying, well, last year they couldn't get off the line of scrimmage and all this. Well, it's also true that, that they brought in Billy Gonzalez, whose wide receivers always get off the line of scrimmage and always block. And uh, Billy's good. (laughs) you got to love that. Let me ask you this, Franz. One of the concerns I had last year was the offensive strategy. Was that because that's the way he coaches, or was it because of the limitations that AR-15 had? Well, Anthony Richardson, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, he's an extraordinarily talented kid. But we tend to forget he only started one game in his career. You know, he, he was injured here as a freshman. He started one game and got injured during his saw it, what would have been his redshirt freshman year. Uh, you know, he, he made this spectacular play, a couple of spectacular plays against Florida Atlantic and USF and everybody. Wow. And they should have been. I mean, he can do some things that, that nobody else can. But Here's a guy that that had very little experience, and he's in there and makes a lot of mistakes. And yet, at the same time, Florida still averaged 420 yards a game on offense. And we tend to forget the fact that Florida is basically three plays away from being nine and three last year. They're five in two other games, like LSU which they lost by, by 10, and uh, one other game that they lost by 10. I'm trying to think of who that was. They were, they were two plays away from winning that game. You know, think about this. If they get one more defensive stop in all of those games, Florida is either a 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one team. That's a perfect... And, we're talk- and if that's the case, then what are we doing this year? We're talking about... Oh my gosh, that Billy Napier, he is a miracle worker. Well, they were 6 and 7. They won some games they shouldn't have won. They lost some games they shouldn't have lost. Guess what they did in 2018, Billy's first year at Louisiana. They went 7 and 7. They won some games they shouldn't have won. They lost some games they shouldn't have lost. What they do the next year? 10 and 3. And what happened? He was. They lost 44 guys who were on that 2018 team weren't with them anymore. 
the next year. They've had 37 guys transfer out since Billy arrived. So they're they're rebuilt. They've got great freshmen, great young kids. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games this year, but I think Florida's a seven- or eight-win team that, that with a break or two, because, you, you, you know, you get beyond eight wins if you're not a team like Alabama or, or Georgia that can just completely out-personnel the other team. Everybody else can be good enough to win seven and eight, and then they've got to have some breaks to get beyond that, okay? Florida's in that category. Well, you hit on something there, Franz, uh, that I think if they're going to come close to winning that many games – uh, it's going to take some better defense, certainly some better pass defense, and it wouldn't hurt to have a little bit more pressure up front. Where do we stand on those uh, two things? Well, you, you hit the you, you said the magic word when you started talking about pressure. Last year, Florida only had 23 sacks. 23. You, you tell me you can play good pass defense if you can't get to the quarterback? You can't. Now, the new, the new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. Guess what his defense did last year at, at Southern Miss when he was a 28-year-old coordinator? They got to the quarterback 44 times, fourth in the country. They had, they had 109 pressures. I mean, not pressures, but tackles for loss, third in the country. That means they whipped people up front. Florida will be whipping people up front, and it's going to start in the middle with a guy named Cam Jackson, 6'6", 375 pounds, and he can move. Here's a guy that here's a guy that that he's got to command a double or triple team every time. You got to remember something. And and when Florida beat Ohio State, let's go back a, a couple of years here. I'm dating myself, I guess. When Florida <laughs> beat Ohio State. Stephen Harris plays the nose tackle on that defense. Before Two days before the game starts, and I had been noticing this because I kept having conversations with Greg Madison, who was coaching the defensive line. I said, Stephen Harris is going to kill this guy. Ohio State center was an All-American. And Greg just looked at me. He says, you watch. He's going to knock his ass back in the backfield so many times he may get two or three sacks on the quarterback just from hitting the guy and knocking him into Troy Smith. Well, guess what? He didn't sack him, but I'll give you the perfect example of what he did do. Remember the play is fourth and one. Ohio State is trying to, toward the end of the first half, and Ohio State yes. needs to make a play. Stephen Harris knocks the center back so far that Troy Smith has to go two steps deeper to hand the ball off off to uh, to Beanie Wells, and Beanie Wells ends up losing you know losing a half yard on the play. Florida gets the ball at the Ohio State twenty four. That's because you get the the guy up front who can knock the center back, who can command the double team. In that ball game. From that point on, Ohio State never ran anything more than a two-man route because they were using their tight end and their fullback and halfback end for max protect. And we still got to him five times and still pressured him into seven bad throws. 
Franz, unfortunately, we're about out of time. How can someone get your expertise on a regular basis? Gatorbaitmedia.com. And I'm on there uh, four, five, six times a week. I write a, I, I try to write a column called Thoughts of the Day that's on most days of the week. And uh, it's, I think, you know, some people may not like it, but I think it's fairly comprehensive. And, but talk mostly about the Gators, but we also talk about the SEC. We talk about the state of college football, which is in bad shape because there will no be, not be such thing as the Pac-12 probably in about another 10 days. <laughs> Sinking Franz, fast, we, right? <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on with us. And um, as always, uh, we look forward to having you on during the regular season. I hope so. Look forward to it, guys. All right. Franz Beard, Gator Bait Media. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7, and we are rocking on in the 8 o'clock hour talking sports with Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. They turn scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. And this date in 1973 in the 40th NFL College All-Star game, the Miami Dolphins beat the College All-Stars 14-3 before 54,103 in Soldier Field in Chicago. In 42 games, the NFL was 31-9-2 against the College All-Stars. Do you remember the College All-Star games? I do. I remember that was the last one. And uh, I remember Earl Moore no, the, played No, the last games. one was um, the Steelers. That was the last that one, one I watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it usually wasn't all that competitive, but I do remember they beat the Packers. Can you imagine what Lombardi did to those guys in practice the next day? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if he if he let that happen, <laughs> it's just so he could beat them up in, in training. Uh, you know, the the interesting thing about the All Star game, the Dolphins won two straight Super Bowls, but they only played in one at All Star game because there was a strike in in '74 during the oh, training yeah, camp, yeah, and they didn't get to play that when it got canceled. So yeah, but you're right, they did. The Steelers did play in the last one, and I I was surprised when you said the college All Stars won nine times. Well, I mean, yeah. look at there was forty-two games, so there were thirty-one <laughs> nine and two. There were two ties, which they allowed, of course, back then. But I used to love that game. I mean, you're never going to see it again. I mean, with the price that these guys are making, they're not going to let them play, and the NFL doesn't want it. And uh, it was a great fundraiser, though, for a nonprofit. A sports writer in Chicago came up with the idea, and that's how it got started. Way back, and uh, you know, back then they didn't make that much money, and you know, I think the college players were probably more prideful about it, trying to beat the NFL. They knew that the odds were stacked against them. They'd go practice like two weeks, and then they they'd um, come and play at the NFL champions. You're right about there wasn't that much money on the line for the players. They had paltry salaries back then, and you, you know, you and I are old enough to remember this that. You know, this is the 14 game regular season included six preseason games. Yeah. Six. Yeah. And so if you played in the college all star game, there were seven yeah. <laughs> or the Hall of Fame yeah. game, seven preseason games. An incredible number of preseason games. And and the starters would play a lot and guys would get hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't, it was most, more recently, you know, the exhibition games, they're being phased out. Now there's only three. And the starters barely see any time, maybe just enough to, uh, you know, just feel a little bit of practice because you have to have a little bit of game time to uh, to get ready for the season. 
But, well, but yeah, back in the day, they, they was like regular games. They played hard. Played well, three and four. Do you quarters. remember way back when they had the runner-up bowl, where yes. the team that lost in the uh, championship, of like the NFL championship game, yeah. would play the loser on the other side in a game. Yeah. I remember the Colts played in one of those after they lost the Packers in '65. So I guess it was before the. Yeah, it was before the merger. Before the merger, it was called the Playoff Bowl or the Burt Bell Playoff Bowl, and it was a charity sort of thing too. And it, yeah, the the NFL's conference champion losers. They had an East and a West That's conference right. in the old in the old NFL, the nineteen sixties, and they were always played at the Orange Bowl. That was the other interesting thing about that. They, they at least they'd get a trip to Miami out of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lombardi played it, and his Packers played in that one time, and I think they got beat, and he hated it. He's like, oh, this is a hinky dink thing, <laughs> and he was all over that. So I think that was the early '60s. So I imagine he must have felt the same way about the college all-star game. Oh, That's undoubtedly. What I immediately thought of when you said that. Undoubtedly. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays—they're going to have to make—they're going to have to make some moves here. Um, you know they're two and eight in their last ten games, and uh, you know Alcantara, the Marlins just went nuts on them the other day. Pitched a complete game, and gave up one run, and he struck he'd out been seven, struggling yeah. a little bit, hadn't he? Oh yeah, that? he's he's only four and nine. That's his best outing of the season by far. Uh, he just seemed to lose a little bit of command on his changeup, and so he was get he was getting hit pretty hard. Uh, it, the Marlins themselves, they they were one and nine since the All Star break, heading into that game. Now they're two and nine since the All Star break. So you, the Rays two and eight, the Marlins two and nine. Both teams have fallen back the in their position pre All Star break. The Rays now in second place in the East of the American League. The Marlins have fallen to third in the NL East. So, but you know what? Uh, I think both teams are capable of bouncing back. Uh, the the Razors, there are some worries about it. You know, some some of the pitching's banged up a little bit, and the guys aren't hitting as well right now. So, I don't know what's. It's, we're coming up on the trade deadline. Uh, I'm not sure what sort of moves are out there. We know Otani's off the table. You know, well, Soto is evidently on the trading block. Now, would the Rays another bat in their lineup? Would would he help them? You know, I mean, they've got a loaded farm system, so I'm sure that. With a rental guy like that, you're not going to keep him yeah. in Tampa Bay. A lot of it is getting guys back hitting again. I know Wander Franco has really been slumping a lot lately, and they benched him a little bit, and there's talk about his attitude. He's a young player. These things happen. Uh, you, you know, these are the dog days we're coming up on, and this is when uh, you, you have the fast starts and the and the quick finishes by those veteran teams. That a young, always young, <laughs> team like the Rays – uh, if they can weather this storm, they should be fine. I, you know, they're, they're a great team. There's no reason they can't be first place. The Orioles, are, though, are very good, and they're not going away or anything like that. So the Rays are, are going to have to do something. I don't know if Soto's the answer. I don't know if a Renta player is the answer or if it's just a matter of straightening out their young bats. And, you know, I th- and I think if they need anything, uh, it might be a little bit more pitching. Well, it would have been great if they could have gotten Otani, but I think the Angels yeah. may have made the right decision. I mean, the guy pitched a complete game shutout today. <laughs> they win a doubleheader, and they're not that far off. So, you know, if Trout starts hitting, you know, they've got a, a pretty good lineup. Um, they just got to get it going like the Rays. And um, But a nine-game road trip 
this wasn't when the Rays needed that. Hmm. You know, they're, they're going up against the Astros. Hmm. That's a tough one in Houston. Three in New York, three at Detroit. And then they come home, they'll play the Cardinals um, August 8th, 9th, and 10th. Yeah, Cardinals are having a rough season, but they're always still capable. And they and and you can't take them for granted. The Yankees are getting Aaron Judge back. You know how good Houston is, and Detroit is scrappy. Uh, but uh, that might be their best hope to steal some wins. Is is up there at Comerica. Uh, the Tigers are about eight games under five hundred, which is actually an improvement for them uh, as they try to rebuild uh, their team. And they're actually still in contention in the in the late Great yeah. AL Central. <laughs> they are they're seven and a half games back. Even though they're 46 and 57, uh, the Twins lead the division. They're only four games over 500. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Minnesota is going to hold on there, <laughs> you know, but because uh, uh, they are the best team in the division. But I, actually, as even though it's a, not a great record, the Tigers are showing that sort of incremental improvement that uh, I saw from the Marlins three, four years ago, and they're now a winning team. So. Uh, you know, we're fans of the Tigers because they train here in Lakeland and everything. And they have, you know, it's it was only 11 years ago they were in the World Series. So it, it seems like a million years ago. It does. Uh, but it, it's not. They they had been a good team, and, and they, they fell on some hard times. And I know they're, they're trying to go young. And I think I think it's going to pay off. So that you know, you know how they used to build those teams uh, five, six, seven years ago? The Royals did it, the Cubs— uh, Cleveland to an extent, tear it down. Houston did this too. Tear it down, go real young, build it back up slowly, and now you look at a team like Houston and they're and they're really good. So, I think I think the Detroit's trying that. We'll see if they come out on the other end. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we just might have an opportunity for our sports quiz winner to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Eat and drink what they want and take $30 off the tab, plus $12 million from the Eric Clark Foundation. What? Touching! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Ronnie! You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hey, this is Judd Davis, 1993 Lou Groza Award winner for the Florida Gators, and you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone! Oh, yeah! Ronnie O and Coach Joe are right here in the Ozone, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. I know you are sitting around. You're waiting. You cannot wait. We got a real easy one for you tonight. We had Franz Beard on talking about the Florida Gators. Florida Gators have had three Heisman Trophy winners, each of whom had a father who was a minister. I tell you what, it's so easy what we're going to do. If you can name... Two of the three Heisman Trophy winners the Florida Gators have had, and you haven't won in the last six months, give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. And we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House at 5650 South Florida Avenue. You can eat and drink what you want, and they'll take $30 off your tab. How about that? Oh, the Ale House is terrific. You know, I, I was just there recently, Ronnie, and – uh, I saw my good friend Dax there. He used to work there a while ago, and he'd been away, and he just got back. So I hadn't seen him in months, right? And I said, hey, you know, great to see you, Dax. He's working again. He comes up to me. He knew exactly 
what it was I liked. He had it ready to go, brought wow. it out, and it was exactly right. It, it, that's the kind of, and, and uh, you know, well, Dax, first off, is the best, but they're all great. They're all great over there. It's it's the incredible, good uh, treatment you get at, at Ale House that makes it extra special for me. Oh, yeah. And they got some new there. stuff on their menu, too. The quesadillas are back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went out there with my buddies on Monday and there were 10 of us at one table, and Brittany waited on us. She got everything right. I mean, got her bills out, got her food out quickly, and she was just a whirling dervish. I mean, she was just the Energizer bunny. Oh, and they check on you regularly, and and they they just take great care of you. And Brittany's Brittany's terrific, too. uh, She was there today as well, and... uh, or when I, yeah, I guess I was there today. I said the other day. <laughs> it was it was more recently than I thought. It was just a few hours ago, and I uh, uh, had a great lunch there, and uh, just incredible and great specials. You know, keep an eye on the specials. They have a different one every day. Drink and meal specials every night, and the prices are terrific there. That thirty dollars is going to go a long way. Oh, it will. And uh, I talked to Dylan, the new manager, and uh, he's excited about the program we have with them. Give us a call if you haven't won in the last six months. 682-1430. That's 682-1430. All you got to do is name two of the three Florida Gator Heisman Trophy winners. 682-1430. You like our show. You got to know who those guys are. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's easy. Yeah. That's easy. We, we only mention that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we... yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to give away the answer this week either, like I did last week. <laughs> Jake Scott is not the right answer. He went to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner. No, no. He won a Super Bowl MVP, though. Yeah. And, and I was correct. He was the he is the Dolphins' all-time leading interceptor. Speaking of interceptions, of course, we are about a week away from the induction of Ken Riley into the Hall of Fame. Oh, man, i tell you what. You know, it's just such a shame that it couldn't have happened when he was still alive. What a great human being he was and— I tell you, I miss going to Ken's event that he used to have out at Cleveland Heights. Miss it a lot, uh, and uh, it's going to be great if you get a chance, you know, to watch it. His son Ken Jr. He's been on our show before, and he's going to give the the speech you know, on behalf of the Riley family, and it's going to be wonderful. More good news for Bengals fans out there, uh, you know. Uh, don't worry, Joe Burrow is going to be okay. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but the semifinal list for next year's Hall of Fame has come out, and Ken Anderson is on the semifinal list. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. Yeah. Another deserving bingle that, um, since we only have one right now, Anthony Munoz is the only one in the Hall of Fame currently. But Ken Riley, of course, will soon make that two. And then another deserving one with Ken Anderson and maybe we can get Ken Anderson back on the show. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I don't know when the finalists are going to be announced. Uh, probably in a few weeks, I think, when they'll announce the finalists. Or They've narrowed it down to the semifinalists. They had a list a couple of weeks ago, which was much larger. There's about 12 to 15 semifinalists at the moment, Ken Anderson among them. 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Give us a call if you haven't won in the last six months. All you got to do is tell us two of the three Florida Gator Heisman Trophy winners. How about that? I mean, that's pretty easy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely the, the right 
an easy answer to get. We're trying to give this stuff away, Ronnie. Make oh, it, yeah. Make it nice and easy for everybody. You know, the, um, we're easier to get into than the Big 12 right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, tell you what, um, Coach Joe, you got another sports quiz. You got another quiz that somebody can think about it for a second. And um, you can answer that question, or you can answer one that Coach Joe's going to come up with here momentarily. Got few minutes left in the show, 682-1430. Right now, all you got to do is answer two of the Florida Gators' three Heisman Trophy winners, all of whom's fathers were ministers. Right. Son's the preacher man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, um, okay, I've, I've, got, I've got an easy one. It's current events, Ronnie. Uh, three teams are leaving the Pac-12 next year. <laughs> Name any one of the three teams that are leaving the Pac-12. All right, they, there you go. They've been very much in the news. Two of them are going to the Big Ten, and it was announced today one of them is going to the Big 12. And, all okay, right. So I, and who's in the Big 12, Ronnie? I was trying to write it all down. Oklahoma and Texas are for right now. We're talking about this year right. who's in the Big 12. So I know about Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Now, TCU, Memphis, Houston, and UCF are this year as well, right? Or is yes. That, okay. So that was like thir- – I think that was 13. I think I keep thinking I'm leaving somebody out. No, there, there's 13 right now. Oh, okay. I got it right then. Yeah. <laughs> so – so this team will make 14. It's coming in, but or 12 once the Oklahoma and Texas leave next year. I'll have to get my calculator no, 13 out. 13 plus 1 minus 2. Hey, do the math for us, and you can yeah. <laughs> answer the sports quiz. I thought like they that. were going to end up with 13 when Colorado came in, so oh, maybe we're missing somebody there. <laughs> okay. Um, I was listening. Right, Cincinnati, did we, did we name? Oh, Cincinnati's who I forgot. Okay. Okay. So All right. That, that, I knew I left somebody out. All right, 682-1430. We're doing this off the top of our heads tonight. Exactly, 682-1430. That's all you got to call. Tell us two of the three Florida Gator Heisman Trophy winners, or, as Coach Joe said, name one of the three teams leaving the Pac-12. That's right. And and actually, if you were listening closely, Ronnie just said who one of them was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there we go. So name you can name them, and it counts. <laughs> so see who's listening out there. We like to reward our listeners. Oh, you know? we do. We do. I love to ask ask questions about what something that happened earlier in the show to find out who's really paying attention. Oh, and Eric's sitting over there counting his cash, and he's got stacks and stacks of $1,000 bills over there, just counting them. You know, he— the guy is—he's such a skin flint. Oh, I'm telling you, I—you I, know—Eric once asked me to go into his wallet to to get a, a a dollar bill, and I reached in there and there was a mouse trap. It snapped. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Finger still hurts from that, Eric. <laughs> Did you weren't hit in the eye with any of those moths flying out, were you? <laughs> Took the took the dollar bill out and it'd blow a big puff of dust. <laughs> looked like the ta- I just, just stop it. Just, just like, stop it. Looked like the lobby stop of the it. Tower of Terror, you know, with all those cobwebs everywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a call, six eight two fourteen thirty. We've got two easy questions out there for you. If you're listening, oh man, six eight two fourteen thirty if you haven't won in the last six months. All you gotta do is tell us 
two of the three, we'll even make it one <laughs> of the three Heisman Trophy winners of the Florida Gators. And you can tell us, Coach Show, what was yours? Name, name a Heisman Trophy winner. We'd settle yeah. for that right now. <laughs> or, look, three teams are leaving the Pac-12. One of them is uh, coached by Deion Sanders, <laughs> yeah. and, and two others in Southern California are leaving the Pac-12. Name any of the any of the three teams leaving the Pac-12 next year, 2024. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. The answers are in the back of the book here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> call us and we'll give you the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just call, say something relatively intelligent, you know, it's just something we uh, hopelessly managed to try to do for the last— hour and you can win a $30 off your next trip to the Lakeland Ale House. Yeah, I mean it's worth it's a great prize. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're all the people who tell me they're listening to the show. Just call up here for heaven's sake. That's all you got to do. 682-1430 would be the number that you need to call and uh you could be going out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House and you could take $30 off your tab out there. Finally, we got somebody calling in. You know, on this date back in 1948, Joe Tinker of the Tinkers to Evers to Chance double play combination died on his birthday. Well, we got a caller finally. Who's this? Joe, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Good. You hungry and thirsty? Oh, of course. Which question do you want to answer? Uh, how about the Heisman Trophy winners? All right. Name Go. one of the three. Go for it, Joe. You only have a few seconds. Well, Spurrier, uh, Tebow, I think Werfel was the other one. You the man, exactly Joe. Exactly right. <laughs> you the man. Hey, stay with us. Eric's going to take your information. Thank you right, so thank much, you. Joe. Appreciate it. Hang on the line. Eric will get your information, and we'll send you out the alehouse.